Wait, way to go, Donnie! If you will it, it is no dream. You're fucking 20 minutes late. And what the fuck is that? Theodore Herzl, dude. Huh? State of Israel. If you will it, dude, it is no dream. What the fuck are you talking about, man? The carrier. What's in the fucking carrier? Huh? Oh, Cynthia's dog. I think it's a Pomeranian. Can't leave him home alone or he eats the furniture. I'm watching it while Cynthia and Marty Ackerman are in Hawaii. You brought a fucking Pomeranian bowling? What do you mean, brought it bowling? I didn't rent it shoes. I'm not buying it a fucking beer. He's not going to take your fucking turn, dude. Man, if my fucking ex-wife asked me to take care of her fucking dog while her and her boyfriend went to Honolulu, I'd tell her to go fuck herself. Why can't she board it? First of all, dude, you don't have an ex. Secondly, this is a fucking show dog with fucking papers. You can't board it. It gets upset. Its fa- hair falls out. Walter. Fucking dog has papers. You over the line! Huh? Your foot was over the line, Smokey. I'm sorry. That's a foul. Bullshit. Market eight, dude. Uh, excuse me. Market zero. Next frame. Bullshit, Walter. Market eight, dude. Smokey, this is not nom. This is bowling. There are rules. Hey, Walter, come on. It's, it's, it's Smokey. His, his toe slipped over the line a little, you know? It's just it's a game, man. This is a league game. This determines who enters the next round robin. I mean, am I wrong? Yeah, but I wasn't... Am I wrong? Yeah, but I wasn't over. Give me the marker, dude. I'm marking an eight. Smokey, my friend, you're entering a world of pain. Walter, man, you... You mark that frame an eight? You're entering a world of pain. A what? A world of pain. Look, dude, this is your partner. You should... Has the whole world gone crazy? Am I the only one here who gives a shit about the rules? Market zero! Walter, they're calling the cops. Put the piece away. Market zero! Walter, put the gun away, man. Walter? You think I'm fucking around here, market zero! Right, it's fucking zero. You happy, you crazy fuck? This is a league game, Smokey. Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. You can't handle the truth. King Kong ain't got shit on me. I am the I'm so much crazier than you. I am the one who knocks. Go ahead. Make my day. banquet beer now this is a story i'm about to (laughs) unfold (laughs) and it's called facing off it's a podcast where we take two movies that we find to be similar in some way and we compare (laughs) contrast and rate them and this episode we are doing uh the big lebowski versus the nice guys and yes i was doing a sam elliott impression at the beginning and at some point we have to do that for an intro (laughs) You killed you it. Had to, you had to warm up by saying Coors. <laughs> That's how I get into it. It's like, it's like when I do an Australian accent and I go, oh, oh, and then I get into it. Uh, but anyways, Bart? Yeah. Bart? My name is like Gabe. That? 
And uh, joined with me is the dude himself, or El Duderino, if you're not into the whole brevity thing. Uh, Nick, <laughs> what up, dude? Mm-hmm. And it's then, Nicholas, actually, if you're not into the whole brevity thing. <laughs> that, that is true. Uh, and uh, we are also, <laughs> of course, joined by Bonnie Lebowski herself. We got Layla. What up, Layla? Sup, dudes. <laughs> Sup, dudes. These are my two favorite private dicks. What does the guy say in the Big Lebowski when he like calls him? He's like, "I'm like you, man." Like where he thinks he's a private investigator. <laughs> yeah, he says some like weird term. Um, <clears throat> is it gumshoe? I don't know what he says. Yeah, it's like now gumshoe is a great term though. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, what does it mean? Gumshoe. What does it mean? What does it mean? Yeah. It. Are you? Actually I mean, I know asked? what it means, oh, okay. but like, what's the etymology? Oh, I don't know. It is kind of fucking weird. Um, I actually learned about it because of that movie, uh, uh, motherless Brooklyn. Cause it's like about a gumshoe and they say it like 10 times in the movie. And I was like, what are they talking about? Oh, I definitely thought you shoes? made that word up. I didn't think it was a real word. <clears throat> no, it's like oh, yeah, a, gumshoe. it's a private, private investigator. Yeah. PI. PI. Shows what I know. Um, Nick, I'm assuming you don't have synopses for these movies, but I do have a connection. You're going to need, you're yeah. going to need to do the connection. Yes. So, um, obviously you've seen it. the movies, so you know what the fuck happened, but the connection between these two <laughs> movies, and we were originally going to do, uh, big Lebowski or the nice guys versus inherent vice. But, uh, one of our dearest listeners, Joe Despain, uh, told us that we What's should up, do Joe? big Lebowski and what up dude. Uh, and the nice guys. And, uh, I started thinking about it, and there is at least a little bit of a through line. It's basically just lazy pieces of shit who fall into dark conspiracies in Los Angeles and then also keep getting lucky at every single step. Dark Solid through line. Oh, Solid da- through line. Dark sex conspiracies, for sure. Like that's, that's a big one. Yeah, I mean, they are like, they're similar in humor, too. There's like a little bit more of like slapsticky, I guess, in nice guys comedies yeah and they're they're like highbrow stoner comedies you know like dude where's my car which funnily like hilariously if you watch the big lebowski you realize they got that from the big lebowski um oh yeah um yeah i mean those are more like stoner comedies these are like really like they're like noir stoner comedies. I mean, if I you've got know. like Deacons doing cinematography, then like, yeah, it's, it's a little be bit like more highbrow. <laughs> and it is, it's, I'm glad that we're doing it. Are you this telling week. me Deacons didn't do the cinematography for Dude, Where's My Car, dude? <laughs> he might have. Honestly, that's where he got his start. Um, that would be hilarious, but that would make also no sense because this movie came out before. Um, I just realized last week we did Gosling and Deacons. And this week, we're doing Gosling and then Deacon's in opposite movies. So we're running it back, baby. Let's fucking go. We're just giving um, you all the Gosling. We're giving the people what they want. It's pretty much like the, the key to my Gosling. boner is is talking about Ryan mm-hmm. Gosling and mm-hmm. Roger okay. The key <laughs> to your boner. Uh, anyway, I mean, in our Moving intro, on. we Why say the F word a, a million times. So I'm... I'm just gonna be as I'm crass just, as like, possible. Oh, sheltering our, I'm sheltering our I'm sheltering our listeners from, <laughs> <laughs> from hearing this. We should have been recording this one uh, visually. But anyways, let's break these two movies down and figure out which one we like more. Um we actually, Nick, this time, why don't you describe our rating scale? Our rating scale is a scale of one to seven, with seven being the highest, the best that, uh, a thing that could possibly be. Mm. And a one, dude, a one man, 
is the lowest that it could be, man. Yeah. And a four, fucking a four is like dude. the middle, man. A four is like the most average. What are four-year-olds? What? It's there's the line when John Goodman turns to after Jesus like says his like big thing like where he thinks oh, he he's goes, cool. Eight he goes, year olds, dude. Eight year olds, dude. <laughs> dude, that's my favorite line in the movie. Yeah, so we I go one. Get that. <laughs> eight year olds, dude. It's so good. Um, yeah, so we go one to seven, as Nick said. Seven highest, one lowest, four average, neutral, or in between. We got five categories for y'all. Uh, we're basically doing like comedy categories, but without the quotability. So uh, let's start out actually, since these are weirdly stacked casts. Um, let's start out with actoring, <clears throat> and let's talk okay. about the performances. Wow. But not only how good and like how funny the acting was, but like <laughs> did the directors and writers help them be as funny as possible and as great as they possibly could? Uh, let's start out. With the Big Lebowski. And since I always put you guys on the spot, and every single time I ask one of you guys to start this out, you always go, oh, God, I wasn't ready. It's usually Layla who says that. That's exactly how I was about to react if you did. I, I will start with the Big Lebowski actoring. This is a fucking seven out of seven for me. I mean, it's a comedy. Like, I'm not looking for it to be the best acting ever, but I'm not even positive it's not the best acting ever for some of these guys. Like, this, the cast is so unbelievably stacked, and a lot of these people ended up becoming, like, way bigger afterwards, but they ha- each person is doing such an iconic, like, ridiculous role. Um, number one, Jeff Bridges is so fucking good in this movie. He, like, keeps the character going the whole time. Like, he, like, fucking gained weight for it and looks... But he gained, like, a specific amount of weight where he just looks like an absolute piece of shit. His beard is just as long as possible. He looks like Jesus in it. Uh, I mean, there's, like, a lot of, like, you know, uh, reference points to Jesus in this. Um, but I realize when I when I rewatch this every time, like, He's such a he's such an asshole. When you first see it, like you just kind of think he's just hilariously stupid, but he's just like such a he's like an absolute piece of shit in this movie. Like one of the worst human beings. <laughs> then you have John Goodman, and this is where I'm talking about like I'm not even positive it's not the best acting. I actually am like to this day so mad that John Goodman didn't get any fucking recognition for this role because it is he makes me laugh harder than I'd say like 90% of like Will Ferrell movies. And I think Will Ferrell's absolutely hilarious, but John Goodman in this just fucking kills me. It's like every single line, every movement he makes, the costuming for him, he just lo- he looks like that like Vietnam War veteran that you, that they do that like skit in SNL that Bill Hader, it's like the puppet or whatever. Oh yeah. <laughs> they like base it off of him in this. Um, I mean, I like the scene that always gets me the most besides that, like bowling alley scene we did at the beginning is when he's yelling at the kid and he's like, this is what happens when you fuck a stranger in the ass. It's like, dude, he goes full 100 in this role. It's incredible. Um, poor Donnie. Steve Buscemi is amazing in this. The dynamic between him and, and, uh, John Goodman is incredible. Um, Every time he's like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, I love when he comes up and he's like, uh, yo, they released the schedule. He's like, shut the fuck up. Where? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it's like a triggered response. Um, 
All right, just a few more before I pass it on. John Torturo is in this movie for maybe about five minutes. It's one of the most iconic characters. I don't even think it's that. It, dude, it's even shorter than that. It's Everyone thinks of him to the point where he even made like a follow-up movie to this movie <laughs> based on his character called The Jesus Rolls. Like that just <laughs> con- completely like extends his character. And he's in it for like three minutes. I mean, the whole thing when he's just like, let me tell you something, Ben Deo. And he's like, <laughs> talking about sticking the gun in his ass until he pulls the trigger and it goes click. Uh, it's great. Jesus, but man. here, here, I'm just gonna <laughs> list out. I'm just gonna list out all these people who ended up being like so famous after this movie. You get Julianne Moore doing a hilarious accent in this movie, like a pretentious accent when she comes in. Yeah, she's like, she's Jeffrey. like doing like an Atlanta, what is that called? Like a mid-Atlantic accent? Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely yeah. that. You get Philip Seymour Hoffman, who is just unbelievably great in this movie, like painfully uncomfortable, so good. You get David Thewlis, who's almost like unrecognizable and is like giggly, like a little we- weasel in it. He's so funny in his role. <laughs> Sam Elliott is like the fucking narrator. This is like before we hear him in all the tours, the banks and beer commercials. This scene is so funny. Tara Reed, Nick, did you know that Flea is in this movie? I do now. He's one dude. of the nihilists. He's like the yeah. short nihilist. I didn't know that. He has like oh two lines and his German accent is well hidden. The dude who plays his bad German accent. Yeah, they're well, well they're all bad. The dude yeah. who plays Jacob in Lost is like the ma- the guy beating him up at the beginning. The dude who plays Ranjit in How I Met Your Mother and the bad guy in Kazam is like his doctor <laughs> for two seconds. It's a seven out of seven. Fuck anyone who says otherwise. I'm sorry. The bad, the bad guy in Kazam. <gasps> he is the bad guy in Kazam. He is the bad guy in Kazam. <laughs> Anyways, you Layla. Shazam or Kazam? Layla, you were so patient through that whole thing Wait, shaking you your saying? head. Kazam. I'm not, I'm not like shaking my head. <laughs> the Shaquille O'Neal vehicle. Yes. The guy who plays Ranji in How I Met Your Mother is also the bad guy in Kazam and is also the doctor in this that jerks him off. Oh, goodness. Um, (laughs) I'm actually not going to... You said I'm shaking my head. I'm not going to, like, say anything crazy or anything. I'm going to give it a six. Um, I do think... I'm going to talk about certain things that I didn't like in other categories, but I'm going to keep this score really high just because I think... Everyone does a phenomenal job with the writing they're given, and I think they're directed incredibly, and I think their physical and emotional acting is hilarious and amazing, and I think everyone does a stellar job. I'm not going to give it a seven, because I think that's like me saying it's perfect for me, and I don't think it's like perfect for me, but I, I do think it's well above average, iconic, like characterizations and iconic moments and lines and the way that they carry them out is amazing. So I'm just going to leave it at that because Gabe, you just like, you did it all. (laughs) I do have a question. If like that, if it came out this year and you saw John Goodman's performance and like, say the only other things you saw of John Goodman were like, I don't know. Oh brother, where art thou? And like the Flintstones and like Roseanne, would you be like, Oh fuck, this guy at least needs to be considered for an Oscar. No. Or is it too like comedic? I don't think I'd do that. Oh I God, wouldn't. Either. I mean, I think I think I just think there's a distinction to be made. Like he's doing everything 
a person can possibly do in this role. And it's incredible. And he absolutely is putting in the most effort in this movie. I just don't think like if you compared it to other performances, you'd be like, this needs. Do you know what I mean? Like in this movie, I know what you it. mean, but I don't <laughs> think that at all. I'm, an, I'm a crazy person. Uh, but I, I hear you. I hear you on that. Nick, what did you think? I'm kind of like, I'm super torn. I put a six slash seven. Maybe I'll give it a 6.5. Oh, sick. Because it's like, <laughs> I don't know, man, if it's like really, I'm going to try saying man 147 times. Just like. You got to say dude. <laughs> Well, that's just like he says, man, a hundred. Jeff <laughs> Jeff Bridges says hundred says man one hundred and forty seven. I feel like times Jeff Bridges movie, just man. says man a lot in real life. Like I just oh, feel I like think it's so. all the clothes. <laughs> a lot of the clothes he wears in this movie are, are his, his own clothes. <laughs> it's incredible, dude. <laughs> it's just amazing. Uh, the term you're trying to think of before is brother Seamus. By the way, <laughs> that's okay. right. Yeah. Which is a term I also have never heard. Uh, it's a six and a, well, actually, okay, so this is actoring, so we're going to bring in the writing, too. I'm going to give it a seven, yeah. because it's a Coen Brothers movie. Yeah. Like, it's written and directed in this, I want to say, perfect way, that they, they have, like, a thing, they have, like, a vision, and they carry that vision out. And no matter what you think of the movie that you're watching... You have to re- admire that they have like a thing that they want to see on the screen and then they make it fucking happen. And that is exactly what happens in this movie. And everyone fits and, and makes that, that vision come to life with their, their performance. So I will also go seven. I, I mean, it's like, for me, it's like Tarantino, Wes Anderson, and Coen Brothers are like the most brilliant at making characters that you will just remember forever. Uh, like yeah, every man. time. Um, let's move on to the nice guys actoring. Uh, Nick, why don't you get started with that one? I, uh, I don't. N- okay, so do you have a low? Someone tell me a character that's not good in the nice guys. There's got to be one, right? Like someone that's just like, dude, shut up. Oh, oh, yeah, absolutely. Kim Bassinger is horrible in it. Like, fair. horrendously yep. bad okay. in yeah, it. Yeah, I think there's, like, a fair amount of characters in The Nice Guys that aren't, yeah. like, amazing or anything. A lot of the, like, background people or the people that are in it for, like, short periods of time are nothing, like, spectacular in this movie. Like, Keith David is a really famous actor, and he just plays, like, one of the cronies. Like, the, the, the like, guy mm-hmm. who, like, fights him with the, ho- a, a, with the hot mm-hmm. tub. Yeah. He, like, he's, like, a famous <laughs> actor, and, like, I don't know why he's in it. Kim Bassinger used to be a huge actor, and she's, like awful and also just it looks like a cgi version of her in it it's weird anyways yeah th- those are two i'm between a five and a six i needed to I needed hannibal to... burris plays like a b in it at some random point and that is the best performance um in anything other than his own yeah he's just great which is it. essentially just his own voice yeah uh I am gonna I'm gonna go with a six only because uh, Ryan Gosling is just so fucking funny. Although there are some things that Ryan Gosling does, I have in my my very few notes. There, are, there's one scene in particular where I'm like, "What are you doing, bro?" And it's it's like fifty percent of the party scene. You're just like. That's not how drunks act. Oh my god, that's and my favorite scene with him, dude. I mean, it's funny. Me. Don't get me when wrong. He but when he the finds little, like... the, when he finds the body, 
Oh yeah, yeah. And he and he just is like. <laughs> Yeah. No one talk. No one does that. I don't know what that is. That's not how people act, and no one has ever oh, acted like. No it also one's ever it also done lasts that. a really long time. It that was my way issue with too it. long. It wasn't the way bit. It was long. just that it kept going. Like I was like, yeah, maybe give me for a one second, gasp like that. Like, can't no one say. Is, no one's ever done. I, that. Yeah. No one in the you, history the of the entire world is so ever funny like that I'm glad that it exists. Like the, yes, yeah. but it should like just to Layla's point, it should have existed for like four seconds. It exists for like thirty-four seconds, and it's way too much. So, uh, fucking six for most of his performance. It's not nearly a seven. I could be convinced to go down to a five. Hmm. I um, well, Ryan Gosling obviously is the high point of this movie. Like Ryan, Ryan Gosling is obviously the high point of Earth. Every, of so. Earth, he's incredible. I honestly <laughs> think his comedy is like like I react to John Goodman. I think Ryan Gosling is weirdly one of the funniest people alive, and you just wouldn't think that based on most of his movies. But he's so funny in this. He elevates it in every scene. It's the physical comedy. It's it's also the lines he says and the way he reads them. Like he says that like. He's talking about it's the opening monologue, and he's like it, talking about what his ex wife used to say about him. He's like rumpy, pumpy. I don't know. She was English or some shit. <laughs> yeah. And then there's that dude. I love the line when he says Jesus, and Janet is like, You're not supposed to take the Lord's name in vain. He's like, I didn't, Janet. I actually found it very useful, Janet. Yeah, it's amazing. The best line I think he says is where he goes, Munich. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when they're the di- okay, so that's what I was going to get into. I think the dynamic, you would just never believe before that movie that Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling can play off each other so well. And I think a lot of the dialogue between them is really great. I love when <laughs> they're in that little bar and... It's the night after Russell Crowe explains the whole diner story and he starts describing it. Ryan Gosling's like, what diner story? Wait, or like, what? He like completely oh, yeah. he was asleep. <laughs> I, um, I, I actually, I know I want Layla to get into this because she doesn't like him that much, but I actually fucking love Ru- Russell Crowe in this movie. I think he's just, he's being cool while also just having so much fun with the character as a complete piece of, He's like an absolute piece of garbage. But the best part is like he's a full-on fucking sociopath in this movie. Mm-hmm. And I think he plays it very believably. The only other two people of note, like I think Anjuri or Angri Rice is really great at, in a young Annie. role. Her name is Annie now. Yeah, Annie Rice, who plays the daughter. There I think go. she's really great. And I also weirdly love Matt Bomber as the like serial killer guy. In this. Dude, with his funky ass bowl cut thing <laughs> he's got going on. Oh, hello, we're playing Miss Doctor. Like he's like, like they're like, how do we make him look unattractive <laughs> and weird? And they're don't like, well, pick fuck up, up the his phone. Hair. I promise not to kill you. Like I don't. He's. Ha- I think he was having a blast doing it. So I'm. Get, <laughs> it is I, great. Yeah. I give it. I, I think I'm at a five. I think Ryan Gosling's really great, but nothing about it is like well above average what about i you, think Lynn? the 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 dialogue is is funny enough to make it a six for me that's where i'm at that might be true i'm at a five okay and i'm like happily at a five okay because like i think that like you're right nick the dialogue is really great but i also think that there's like mishaps with some of the dialogue like i don't think the dialogue's perfect and if it was i'd give it a six but i do think there are some lines that don't hit and that like makes it so I can't give it a six. But I think that's totally fair. Yeah. I think 
I mean, this is like a career-making movie for Ryan Gosling in a lot of ways because it made him one of the most versatile actors out there. Like, it yes. set the tone that Ryan Gosling can do about anything. Like, this guy has done serious drama, prestige. He's done indie comedy. He's done just, like, pure comedy. He's done it all. And this movie set the tone for the fact that he can, like, carry a comedy film. And he did. He is the funniest part of this movie, I, as Gabe alluded to, I'm not Russell Crowe's biggest fan. Um, I shouldn't say it like that. I really don't like Russell Crowe, but I think... Is it the alcoholism? <laughs> I think he... he <laughs> 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 I think he does, like, an okay job in this movie. I think if it if Ryan Gosling and him didn't banter the way that they did, he wouldn't work for me. Like, he was fine. Like, his scenes independent of Ryan Gosling are so whatever to me that he's not enough of a character written and acted for me to, like, bump up a score because of him. Like, even as the movie's starting and he's talking, I'm just like, this could be replaced with another actor yeah. for me. Um, he does have Ryan one Gosling good physical comedy scene, which is when it's, like he's uh doing his like word of the day or whatever and he took it i don't remember what yeah. the word is yeah and yeah, it, yeah. He was and it goes to that scene and he like yeah. spits out the water yeah. it's, it's really good acting <laughs> yeah. equanimity yeah. equanimity he, yeah he took which is equanimity. a word that i say to you all the time when we play golf and you never have paid attention to where I, it comes from i don't listen to you sorry to <laughs> cut you off, Layla. uh yeah so i yeah i think ryan gosling is just like spectacular in this and he's the reason I'm giving it a five I think the daughter is really sweet and funny and I just didn't even put together that it's the girl from Mare of Easttown which is crazy to me because yeah. she's like so and good Spider-Man. in Mare of Easttown and yeah Spider-Man. totally yeah. totally yeah she's she's so talented and she mm. obviously was so talented at a younger age too like she does such a great job of carrying a scene yeah. with these like heavy hitting actors which is really impressive um, it's like always a risk to me if you put a kid like, as a main character up against people like what Russell Crowe is one of the most famous actors of all time. And they have such a great dynamic with each other, like how she's trying to change him. And it's really sweet and lovely. Um, adds a lot of humanity <laughs> to the movie. But yeah, I think it's good. I think a five a five's a great score. It's above average. I just don't think enough of the periphery characters do a lot for it to be higher than that. I... I, I agree. I kind of want to do a 5.5, Nick, because Shane Black's, like, dialogue writing is actually great. And I, I was going to say, was... counterpoint to Layla, uh, <laughs> Ryan Gosling's character says, you know who else is follow- just following orders? Hitler. Adolf Hitler. <laughs> Which is later. an amazingly funny line. I also, I was just remembering when Russell Crowe tells him the Nixon story. And he gets to the end of it. He's like, what's the point? And then he like says the point. He's like, why didn't you, you just say just that? You just said the point. You just <laughs> you led me along. The, and then he has that vision of Nixon later in the pool. Anyway. I mean, also the, like, the physical acting in the bathroom scene is fucking incredible. Like, so it's good. just incredible. I with was the, dying. With the stall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, it's, he's amazing. Um, all right. Let's move on to the next category. Let's talk about spectac hilarity. Let's talk about... <laughs> both the spectacularity engagement level of the movie, but also the hilarity. Like, did it keep your attention in terms of the humor? What were the laughs per minute? How well balanced was the comedy? Laughs Nick, per minute. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a Nick ter- uh, phrase there. LPMs. Um, <laughs> Nick, what did you think about the nice guys in terms of spectacularity? <clears throat> I... 
I don't know. I think it's really funny. <laughs> Dude, it is. I'm like, I laugh so much at this movie. The problem is so that it's funny. So, like, the LPMs are high, but the actual story <laughs> is, like, yeah. super meh. Like, so way more meh than it needs to be. Mm-hmm. I'm not even positive I understand what the conspiracy Same. was. Same. I, I've watched this four <laughs> times. I don't think she, I get it. Her mom is... Is justice, dude. But then she's like, <laughs> she's like, Detroit will always be there. And I was like, what are you talking about? They just keep bringing Detroit in at the end. And I'm just like, what? Oh, you, my, then you're like, oh, yeah, it's in Detroit. When I watched it with my mom, she was like, this, all of this was a big deal. Like, even the Killer Bee thing, she said, like, was a huge deal for a while. Like, people were ta- nonstop talking well, about yeah, Killer Bee. Yeah, I remember Killer Bee is a real yeah. big deal. Yeah. For sure. But, like, in the 70s, were they a big deal? Yeah, apparently during that time. It was, like, killer bees, smog, uh, Vietnam, and, like, shit. Like but I don't, even, I don't even think the things that they address that are issues are wrong. Because I'm sure, like, overarching all of those things are problems. It's just the way they tie it into the actual plot yeah. of this movie makes no sense I totally at agree. all. Yeah, I don't, I don't even know, know who was talking. Sorry, Nick. Were you talking? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Answers to the call of the wild. Just kidding. I forgot her name. Uh, I think... I think I'm going to give it a five because I think it's really funny, but I don't give a fuck what's happening in it. That's my, my bottom line. Yeah. This is so oh. tough. Because there are so many with? funny lines though. The one I just quoted is an amazing scene when he's too drunk to talk and he goes, dark hair answers to the call of the wild. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah. <her name. laughs> I love, sieges. I don't know why this is so <laughs> funny to me. It's not even like really a line, but Clay and I always die of laughter in the scene where he runs back into the house and Margaret Qualley just goes, fucking fascist! And he's like, Jesus! (laughs) (laughs) Um, Here's where I think this movie is super creative. Like, uh, in like super funny. It's like the editing and the like, the editing is so good in this in terms of comedy that it's great. Someone like really broke down that this movie like really understands what wit is and they're breaking down that scene where he goes to break into the bar and he has that like handkerchief and then he hits the glass and his arm starts bleeding and then he's like, Oh, that's a lot of blood. Oh, that's a lot of blood. And then it cuts and he's in the fucking ambulance and won't stop moving. Like that's this movie. I agree. I think it meanders a fuck ton and I don't care about the story. I do think it's so bizarre at times that I'm like kind of more engaged because of how bizarre it is. Like if this movie didn't take its stories as seriously as it does, it would just be like knock, knock me on the ground laughing because there's so many like weird little jokes and stuff. I don't think they'd work for everyone, but there is like, he even throws in like a classic joke where the guy, he says, buddy. And the guy goes, how'd you know my name is buddy? <laughs> yeah. So dumb. <laughs> it's, Shane black, like throws in really stupid things. Um, I don't know. I also don't think the sentimental stuff works. Like the scenes where they're trying to get, Russell Crowe to realize that he's like a murderous person and the daughter is like there's like really like sad scenes where the daughter goes and holds the hand of the blue face guy who by the way I should have brought up in acting is going way too hard never heard of the guy's name is Bo Knapp and honestly everyone was like eh you tried too hard buddy we're never gonna put you in anything again you're fucking Jared Leto um (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, I didn't hate him. Just finding a way to that. shit on Jared Leto at all times. Guys. At all times. <laughs> I, I didn't like the Let's sentimental stuff. Now. I, uh, this movie works so well when it's funny. It's so incredibly funny. And it's so bizarre. But I don't think that works for everyone. So I think that pulls people out in engagement. And I also just think the story is not that interesting. And it's a little long. So I'm at a five as well, Nick. I'm, I'm slightly above average. Yeah, I'm at a five. I think it's okay. just, it's really simple. I think that they relied on the humor and they didn't think people were going to care about this story, which was just which a is dumb. About right. I, I just think it was a dumb move for them because I was constantly being like, what the fuck is happening in this movie? Like, I, as much as I was cracking up and enjoying it, like, I still give a shit what I'm watching, like, what's actually happening in this storyline. And. I kept trying to figure it out and I kept thinking that something was going to come together at some point and it just never did. And I just was like, okay, so they're just trying to be silly and that's cool. But like, you're also a mystery film. Like you're like a neo-noir mystery movie. So like, of course I'm going to give a shit about what the end plot line is going to be. And if it doesn't come together, that's kind of like disingenuous. Anyways, I, yeah, I think it's still a five. It was so entertaining. So funny. There's so many great parts to this movie that I still think about and I still laugh about. Like, even while you're talking about it, I'm just cracking up over here just thinking about it. But, um, yeah, it's not well thought out. I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of shocked at how poorly thought out the storyline I mean, is. It's weird, too, because Shane Black is, like, a really, really big screenwriter. Yeah, and, like, totally. And, like, the Lethal Weapon movies, for instance. But he also made the newest Predator and apparently Nick says is a big old bag of dirt. Uh-huh. Um but he gets too. He gets weird. I don't know. Let's move on to. Uh, let's move on what to the big. Lebowski. I say is a big old bag of dirt. <clears throat> well, everyone does, but you've you. Olivia Munn says <laughs> a big old bag of yeah, dirt. That's true. I don't look anything like her. You d- you do a little bit. Um, I don't. Yeah, you do. Uh, let's move on to Big Lebowski <laughs> spectac hilarity. Um, <laughs> I can't. I'm not going to run through every scene of this movie, but I will tell you this, and I'm not even going to fucking apologize for it. This is a seven out of seven for me because this movie, ma- as I said, this movie makes me <laughs> laugh harder than the standard comedy that comes out nowadays. I mean, like outside of Jim Carrey and like Austin Powers movies, I, I just, this movie kills me. I can't stop laughing. Like I can't breathe from how hard I laugh at times, but it also is like, this is a huge cult hit and it, People love to decipher it and like deconstruct it, just be like as any Coen Brothers movies. I think every time you watch it, you notice new lines, new like parts of the story that you weren't really focused on before. Like, I always just like forget about the stuff with his like landlord and that whole like dance recital thing. Like, that scene, there are new scenes that I just forget are in this every time I watch, and I've seen it, I don't know, like 20 times. There's new visual cues um like this time like something that i noticed this time is how they keep saying the rug really tied the room together <laughs> and it keeps getting repeated throughout the movie that's it's the one great. line i like definitely know from this movie like that's the line for me if you if you look on <laughs> imdb true. it's like it says from multiple persons like multiple characters yeah. that that line also the scene like Every time I watch it, a new scene makes me die of laughter more. Generally, it's any scene with Walter. But this scene, it was when the dude finally gets his car back and he's listening to Credence and he's like banging on the roof and then he drops his joint in his lap and he starts doing the like, ah, 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 and then just slams into him. 
fucking car. It's so great. He hits a dumpster, doesn't he? Oh, a dumpster. He like <laughs> swerves right. onto a curb and then it like kind of, it just kind of. While well, that guy's following him too. It's how yeah. he notices the, the, um, the uh, report card. Or whatever, or not report card. Oh but yeah, like essay. <laughs> I also just like, as opposed to the, as opposed to the nice guys. I think the story is like so fucking interesting because it's so specifically bizarre, and it is actually kind of a, a great mystery. It's so stupid, like it's so simple if you broke it down. But it's a bunch of people misunderstanding certain things and overthinking which is essentially a coen brothers movie that's like their thing generally they just drop you into the middle of something and that's what makes them so great but i don't know this is also easily one of my favorite movies to show people that haven't seen it for the first time so it's a set it's like a hard seven for me i will not move that's fair i'm at a six layla that's also fair why don't you go and then i'll go last well, I just want to know your score. I'm at a five. Okay, interesting. I'm at a oh. six. I'm, I'm, so I'm almost, this time, I was going to go with the controversial four before this watch because I've never actually enjoyed this movie very much until this particular watch. Um, and then I, re- I really liked it this time. It made me laugh a lot more. Uh, I finally like paid enough attention to the plot. I've never been in the right, uh, let's say, mindset to watch this movie oh, before cryptic. it turns out that uh, it turns out that if you don't uh drink or eat or ingest anything before watching the movie it makes a lot more sense uh, <clears throat> than if you do um and i uh i really enjoyed watching it this time and i really laughed a bunch and the story is such a coen brothers story a thing that connects these two movies too is it's about someone who quote-unquote kidnaps themselves Sort of. Oh, yeah. And Richard Nixon appears in both movies. He is obviously <laughs> in George the George H.W. Bush is in it. George H.W. Bush is in the big Oh, he's in one of the pictures. Yeah. But there's a picture behind the dude of Richard Nixon uh, bowling, man. Dude, that whole scene when they're going through each of the things on the wall and... and uh, the dude isn't listening to him, and and he keeps oh, yeah. like, oh ha 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 ha. Uh, <laughs> Philip Seymour Hoffman. <laughs> Philip Seymour Hoffman. Is so fuck. Oh, you didn't go to college, Aww, did Phillip. you? All right. Yeah. Uh, I w- w- could be convinced to go down to a five. I no, would have no. before this would have given it a four, to be completely honest. But I really uh, came around this. This is probably my third time watching it, so this is my... Okay, is your fourth time. time you're watching it with me, baby. We're going to have a lot of fun. Okay. Cute. Fine. Um, yeah. I'm going to give it a five. My, my like, heart of hearts wants to give it a four, but I'm going to give it a five because I'm going to be rather objective about this category. I get why it is as important to culture as it is i understand <laughs> and i can absolutely acknowledge do how, you man do you? I, <laughs> I do dude um i can understand i the the humor is very smart like it's a, it's very smart it's very intelligent and it's very well put together and very well written and i can't contradict that whatsoever but i i also 
this is just, this is not my type of humor and it does not Mm. work for me. And I think there are a lot of people that also feel the same way. I think this is one of those movies that either like works intensely well for you and it's like a classic for you or you're just like, I don't necessarily get why everybody loves this movie so much. And I'm in that middle space where I completely get why it's so important to you, Gabe, because like I can see it as it's happening. I understand. But like, John Goodman, Goodman's character is really hard for me. Like, I don't like that character. I know. Oh, Look at his face right now. <laughs> I watched it with um, someone that was also like, like, oh, my God. He's like going. He's like reacting a little too strong. And I was like, that's the fucking point. No. And I know that yeah. that's the point. Honestly, it's not even that he's <clears throat> reacting too strong. I think when he reacts really strongly, it's actually really funny. I just I have a hard time with characters that create mishap over and over and over again that doesn't need to exist, but it's just literally created for the laugh and And plot and plot for sure. I just I and I know that like this is totally like a stoner, like slap happy comedy. And I think a lot of dudes might even have friends who are like that and just like create chaos like that. But like not. (laughs) I it's not funny to me like I again like I acknowledged in actoring how incredible John Goodman is in this movie and how amazing of a character he built but it's not for me when I'm watching it I have like I actually have a visceral reaction where I'm like oh my fucking god stop it like it's hard for me so Mm. it's not easy for me to be like as engaged I think as a lot of other people are while they're watching the movie but I'm gonna give it a five because it is like incredibly intelligent smart writing and super like I definitely laugh and I enjoy a lot of the characters I think Steve Buscemi does not get enough credit for how funny he is in this movie yeah, like there there are there that's a place any with movie... those good burgers right dude that's a place <laughs> with the good burgers any movie that has like a bunch of side characters that can like keep me laughing that hard is like it's a great movie and I can't contest that whatsoever so definitely above average really fucking great and love how like randomly kind of like artsy it is at times. Like oh, his yeah. dream sequences are like super trippy and great. So it's I'll engaging. It's great. Those. I'm yeah. glad that you went up to a five. I also just like, I don't, this is not for everyone. I don't really yeah. care about that, but I'll tell you, it makes me so happy. Um, let's move on to eye candy because right. you were just talking about that. Mm-hmm. Um, eye candy is where we talk about the visual elements and we're obviously starting with Big Lebowski because the man, the myth, the legend, Roger Deakins. One and only fucking, Mr. Deakins. It's like such a it's such a unique Deakins movie. Like, totally. He does, I was shocked when I saw his name in the in the like you, like the beginning credits. I would say ninety like mo I keep saying ninety percent. Let me just choose a different <laughs> one. Eighty seven percent of people that watch it like forget that Deakins did it and it's he's done a lot of the Coen Brothers movies, but like this one has such a unique like look to it, and I think he a he really captures L.A. at that time. Like you really, it's a time and place, and you get it. But yeah. b it's just like you're right. It's so artsy and like so artfully done. Like it starts out with the tumbleweed going all the way through mm-hmm. L.A. and to the beach with the like monologue with um, Sam Elliott, which I will of course quote again <laughs> at Sam. some point. Um, but also, there's like those, as you just mentioned, and spectacularity. Like those dream sequences are so cool. The one where it's like the dra- <laughs> so Jackie cool. Treehorn presents, and it's the bowling <laughs> thing, and it's like basically just a music video. And then it has like the part where the like the German guys have like the big scissors or whatever to cut his nuts off. We're going to cut your nuts off, Lebowski. Um, 
it's just it's great. You know what I just remembered as well. This time was the first time I realized that the three of them, uh, John Goodman, uh, C. Buscemi, and Jeff Bridges, their characters are all Polish, and there's like a lot of references to them being Polish in it. So <laughs> and I don't know, random. Um, random. What? Why? I don't know. Um, Wait. So what are you giving it? I'm giving this a six out of seven. I'm like, obvi- I, here's the reason why I can't give it a seven, even though I think it's visually so creative and stands out in Deacon's filmography. It's just because I just gave a seven to uh, Blade Runner 2049 last week, and I just said <laughs> nothing else could beat it, so I might never go back up. But um, it'd also be like crazy to give both of these movies sevens. Like, I don't know. Blade I was Runner also, in this movie. Yeah, but like just watching like the whole character intro for Jesus is also like unbelievable. <laughs> like no other person could do could film something like that. It's it and they're they're playing that like Spanish version of Hotel California. It's great. Um, also, here's here's with the visual like another visual thing that's not necessarily Deacons. This movie has, like, expert visual comedy, which I'll also talk about with the nice guys. But, like, one of my favorite scenes in this visually is when the dude goes and sees Jackie Treehorn and he wants to see what Jackie Treehorn was writing on the notepad. And then he goes over and he scratches it out and you just see that Jackie Treehorn just drew, like, a dude with a (laughs) big-ass dick. It's just that's just amazing visual comedy. There's an oh the the it's even it's funnier even after that when he like runs and like scampers back and then sits down and is just like reclined (laughs) real quick. He just hops and lands and reclines all in one motion. All of the visual like dude, this scene where they're editing with between Maudie and David Thewlis and Julianne Moore where they're giggling and it's just like supposed to make the dude really uncomfortable and it's editing their giggles back and forth is so funny. And then there's just like a series of shots that like you could see on a poster anywhere of the dude, like the dude with his fucking milk mustache from his white Russian, the dude on the toilet seat. The white Russians. Yeah. The dude, when he's on the toilet seat, like right after they dunked him at the beginning and he's like, Mm -hmm. you've seen that picture where he's like, and obviously you're not a golfer. Um, anyway, six out of seven. Sorry. I rambled way too much, but, uh, I love, I expect you to always ramble during eye candy. Um, I'm, I'm also, I'm also going to give it a six simply because this is like, Another we I've said this definitely before, but like this is how this is the like the epitome of how someone can use visuals in comedy. Like this is just like truly visually such a funny movie, but it also like enhances every part of this movie. It's visually so fun, and it part a huge part of my engagement with this movie is the visuals. Like I just I was shocked while I was watching it. Like the way that they shot certain sequences. Um, the choices that they made when she flies in when she's oh, doing yeah, the painting the paint thing. thing. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck is happening? But and it was so great. It's so funny. Like it just, every <laughs> Ooh, scene the is shot. Scene. Sorry. Yeah. Every, no, seriously, every scene has some kind of really awesome visual element to it. And it keeps you super engaged throughout the movie. And I just, I think that's important and impressive in a comedy because I do think when it comes to comedies, people put that to the sideline. I think that they think, hey, I've got the dialogue. I'm going to make people laugh and that's all that matters. But I love when a comedy still decides to be incredibly smart visually and this movie does that. So it's a six. 
Fuck yeah. Nick. <laughs> I'm going to give it a six just because it slips into the, to you know, you guys said all the things you said, but the thing that <laughs> I think is makes it a six is that it sticks in the, the uh, visual lexicon of America. Like, there's all of these iconic... America. Like, of America. There's all these iconic visuals and... You know, the entire manner in which the dude dresses is like a yeah, costuming great just for sure thing that everyone knows. Like if you don't like the big Lebowski, you still could like draw him. Yeah. You know? Oh that's a good way of You still it. could like describe even if you maybe even if you haven't yeah, seen called, the movie, as long as you're over the age Jesus. of Jesus. Like... <laughs> Literally is supposed to look like Jesus Christ, but like a fucking homeless version. Is he? Well, I guess that, Jesus Christ. Okay, kind of I see that. Christ was I mean, also you kind of a homeless person, yeah. but yeah, I just. But seriously, <laughs> you could kind of. He wasn't kind of a homeless person. He was. I think everyone in in his time and in, in area was basically a homeless person. Yeah, but not the Romans. I, I'm sorry if Romans. I'm offending any Christians out there. I know nothing about religion. Let's continue. I know some. Jesus was a homeless guy. <laughs> we'll just say it straight let's, up. Uh, let's continue on eye candy. Though. <laughs> Uh, I just think it seeps into like the, I like I said, I, I'm just going to end it there. If you are over the age of 25 years old and at right now at the time that this was recorded, which is looks at watch presses watch several times. Cause it's showing me steps Wednesday, August 25th, 20 August 25th, 2021. Christ. What is today? A week is today a week. Day? Yeah. It's Wednesday. No, I know. I'm quoting the movie. Oh, you can oh, that's draw right. this. So good. You can draw the big Lebowski. Forever confused over here. Oh yeah, you can draw him for sure. You can know. You know what this man's looks like. Walter and too. You could do Walter. Probably. You could, you could do the, the the way that the Germans dress at the end when they're all in black. Like that is like iconic imagery as well. Yes, but not as iconic as the the yeah, manner in which the dude dresses. So I will give it a six as well. Okay, I agree. Also, nice based on your di- uh, your date quote, there's also that quote when his landlord comes up and he goes, "Hey, dude. So, anyways, uh, Thursday is the first of the month," and he just goes, "Oh, far out." <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I'll get you the rent. <laughs> um. Anyways, yeah. Nice guys. Eye candy. Layla, kick us off. What did you think um, about the visuals? I don't know. I. I thought about it a lot, actually. I, I mean, I think I'm just going to settle on a five for now. Like, I think it's, I don't know. I don't think it's like anything insanely spectacular, but I do think there's a lot of physical comedy in this movie, so it's hard to not acknowledge that. And I do think, like you mentioned before, Gabe, the editing in this movie is really smart and the way that they like choose their shots is really intelligent as well. And it adds to the comedy of the movie, but I don't think it's anything too insanely spectacular so i don't want to go too high but it's not average i think they did a really good job of framing the movie to be a comedy movie and adding to that with the visuals so i'm just gonna go with the five i don't really have that much more to say about nice guys (laughs) i am at an average because there is something that really bothers me and i noticed it this time there's a i mean so many things (laughs) let's (laughs) run through the gambit of that (laughs) um i there's a lot of CGI in the background of a lot of scenes in this movie that really bothers hmm. me. Like, one, they're doing the smog in L.A. or whatever, because, like, a, the movie, you know, like, a oh central through line is, like, that the ce- scene where they're wearing the masks and laying. Oh, yeah, that scene is, is so really funny. fucking funny. Um, 
Where he's like, well, you're not. Act- he's I'm like, then why are you not dead, dead, dude? <laughs> if you were in a mask, like you wouldn't be dead. He's like, oh. All right, anyone <laughs> want to make twenty dollars? So um, then the masks didn't work. <laughs> it's a really funny scene. I um, there's there's this weird like CGI fog. I also like every time they show a driving scene, especially from above, it's CGI. So the opening scene when Misty Mountains like crashes mm-hmm. into the thing, it's a CGI car. And I remember when we saw this in theaters. First of all, I'll talk about it in Legacy, but I really, really didn't like this movie when we first saw it because I had a fever that day and I had just mm. been getting in a fight with my girlfriend at the time. Not a great day. Um, but I saw that Misty Mountain scene and it was like, the, it looked so weird. And I was like, why the fuck weird. does it look that weird? And then I started noticing that they do it in like every driving scene. Like they show them from above. It doesn't look like a real car. But then the other half of me is like, one, the costuming's really great. I love that it's in like the time that it is. I think everything in the party scene is really like well thought out. It is also almost CGI <laughs> with Ryan Gosling in the tank, but it's such a funny moment when he's swimming to catch yeah. up to the mermaid people. I love the physical the physical comedy joke about people keep leaving the drinks on the the women who are like bent as like yeah. the oh yeah the human statues. I um I also I agree with you. I mean like I the physical comedy and the editing is so like brilliant in certain scenes that I almost want to go above average. Like one in particular that is such a specific physical moment is when they go up the elevator, peep their heads out, see a bunch of people get fucking killed and then just go back in the elevator. <laughs> yeah, it's go down. so funny. It's hilarious. I was also half bothered because the gunshots to the guy that's getting shot, the blood is so clearly CGI. And then someone goes falling. The background in the elevator is CGI. It's like a green screen. I don't know why I thought that it like was purposeful. Like it just felt like it was supposed to be like this kind of like dumb CGI background because so much of it is like campy in the movie that it like felt kind of right to me. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) but you're you're right. right. It is very CGI. (laughs) Well, I wonder if he like a lot of scenes too. He's setting it in the seventies, and I and like you know how like when Quentin Tarantino did Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, like he did like a shit ton of production design for it, and he used actual buildings. This one, every time they're doing it, it's CGI. And the only person who's ever like really gotten away with that is like David Fincher for the movie Zodiac, like. That's like a full. He makes like a whole city in that (laughs) CGI, and you just wouldn't even know. This is just kind of cheap CGI, so I notice it, and it, you know it bothers me. But it again, feels like cheesy, right? But like it, yeah. I like the movie's kind of cheesy. I think I like Whoa. think I thought it was on purpose because I very much noticed what you're talking about. I oh, I had moments fuck, where I was like, that is. is like, I was like, that is very cheesy looking. But I was like, this whole movie is kind of cheesy though. <laughs> so. Well, yeah, and then it's like supposed to be like Starsky and Hutch and like Smokey and the yeah, Bandit. Yeah, like, totally. I'll give it a five. I think the physical comedy is so fucking funny in this that it has to be above average. So I'll give it a five. And Nicholas. Uh, <clears throat> I disagree. I think it's it's like the physical comedy is really good, but I don't think it's like so good that the rest of the overall meh-ness of the rest of the movie uh, <laughs> is like over, over uh, washed, washed over. I just think that like everything you guys just described, it's the same thing that we were talking about in... Uh, spectacularity? No, yeah. I can't remember now. Actor, I think it was spectacularity. Yeah. Which is like 
the movie's not ultra well thought out. Like I don't, there's nothing like to the costume, to the point of your, your point about costumes. Yeah. They're in the period, but like if they weren't, that'd be fucking insane. That'd be the stupidest thing ever. If they didn't just like give guys tailored leather jackets, you know, like leather blazers, like that's the seventies. Like, yeah, heck yeah. Yeah. I'm back down to a four reddish leather. Boom. Nailed it. Seventies done. You know, like, it's just like, you know, the physical comedy is great. Hilarious. I don't think it makes the movie above average. It It is just sort of cheesy and not super well thought out. The only thing that's really well thought out is whatever Ryan Gosling was, you know, thinking was very well thought out. And then maybe some of the dialogue writing. I do but, like the way that they visually introduce Ryan Gosling it, with him in the tub in a full suit. And then they like mm-hmm. focus on his hand like you will never be happy. And that yep. I like oh, yeah. at the end that they do that you will be happy. Uh, yep. And he thinks it's like, I I I think the physical comedy is so funny, but I am like really fucking bothered by the CGI. And I do agree with you, Nick. That's a good point. Like if they didn't have those costumes, it wouldn't make any sense for the time. I don't think it's above average. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm, I'm back down to four. I think Layla made some good (laughs) points too, but ultimately Nick, you made the greater ones. So that's what happens. That's what happens. I'm kidding. You guys both were great. Let's move on to our next category. Let's talk about originality. How creative was the movie? Uh, did it need to be made? Uh, how does it stand out in its genre? Layla, what do you think about the nice guys? Do you think it's very original? That's how I'm going to ask I that every time we do this. I know. I like also hate this category because I feel like I never do it right. But mm, I... I like this category. I know you do. I feel I like you it. really like this category and you like always answer it correctly and i feel like i never do i'm gonna give it an average score i'm gonna Mm. give it a four um as much as i love this movie and as much as i think this movie was really funny and i'm really glad ryan gosling has had this opportunity i feel like there just have been a lot of buddy cop movies in the past and i think it plays off of a lot of buddy cop movies i do think the like concept that they're not actually cops and that they're both like pi ish kind of guys is fun Mm -hmm. but i just think i've seen a movie like this a lot and i think it plays off of a lot of tropes with like mysteries and two guys teaming up together that are like not typically guys that would work together that are like doing this together and i'm just like that's cool i if it didn't get made i i think i wouldn't be that sad is my point so like i for me personally it did not need to be made i'm happy that it was but like if it hadn't i wouldn't be super sad about it so I'm going to That's go with fair. Score. I just need Ryan Gosling to do this in something and um like he could have had something else slapped into his lap and done this, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think Ryan Gosling point. is so versatile that he could have done really anything. Like he could do a lot of comedies and it would have worked. He's going to do a lot of comedies probably. Um I don't think this had to be it. I'm glad it was and I think it's such a great role for him, but that would be the only thing about this movie that I'm like I come out of it thinking Ryan Gosling made this. This is so great that it projected his career and in, like into a comedy verse. But otherwise, eh. So I so was that a four? Yeah, yeah, it's a four. I'm also at a four, okay, and I completely ahead. agree with everything Layla said. Your turn, Gabe. Oh, okay, <laughs> I, I got okay. So I'm actually going to go slightly above, and I I really I hear that point because we've even done on this. We did Starsky, Starsky and Hutch, and the nice guys, uh, or not the nice guys, um, the other guys. 
um, which are similar. And I agree. There's been like lethal weapon, for instance, Shane black had already done that. Like there have been buddy cop type things. I don't think just it being about private investigators is what makes it creative. Where I find this movie to be really unique is in the character writing for Ryan Gosling and, and Russell Crowe because they're both horrible people, but in such like specific ways and the way that they pair together works really well. So like Healy, which is Russell Crowe's character thinks he has purpose and he doesn't really want people's money. He thinks he's like this good person that won't take more than he needs. He's okay living in a shitty apartment and stuff. He's been kind of spit on by society. But he's also, at the same time, a violent sociopath. When you get to the moment, his hero moment that serves his like purpose, he goes so overboard with the guy that he like beats up in the restaurant. He keeps fucking like pummeling his face in with a shotgun. And it's like... I love that they go so far with that. Um, I like that they, there's a big concept of like alcoholism in this movie and the way that they handle it is like, it's humorous, but at no point is it like ever saying it's a positive thing and, or like glossing over it for him, he, the whole movie until the very end when he's really defeated, he avoids alcohol because he thinks it makes him a better person. But like, there the other he he basically replaces alcohol with just like extreme violence on people for no reason there are easier ways to get things done on the other hand there's march who is he's like there are good parts to him where he cares about his daughter and he wants to believe that he could be a good father but he is legitimately the fucking worst father and i love the writing between him and his daughter and the way that that always plays out and he also has this thing, he keeps talking about manners. Like whenever someone's like swearing and stuff, like besides him saying Jesus, like he doesn't like swearing in it. He's always correcting people on their manners and trying to be polite. But at the same time, don't he's taking... Don't say and stuff. Yeah, don't say and stuff. It's so I love that. Um, but he keeps also like, he's a lying hustler. He takes more money than he should have. He fucking manipulates old people into paying him to do like investigations that are like open book, like open shut cases. Um, and what I think is brilliant about this is like in a certain way, this movie is almost like it's always sunny in Philadelphia, but a movie version because as horrible as these two are and the end, they just realize that they could just belong together and do their own shit. Cause like every sunny episode, they all break apart and like mm-hmm. think that they're better than each other and then realize that they're like the outcasts of society. But in this case, they actually have like kind of become better. They're just like both alcoholics though. And that's not great. Uh, and I love when he's like, but no one got hurt. He's like, well, some people got hurt. He's like, okay, some, some people died quick, <laughs> but they died quickly. So no one really got hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also think like there's a clever line about this. It doesn't work. The movies like plot, as you brought up, Nick doesn't work, but they make that line. It's like a porno where the plot is the point. It's like, mm-hmm. that's what this movie, it's a comedy where the plot is the point and the character writing like really is the point. And that's why I'm out of five for it. Um, but I'm happy Fair to enough, move on yo. to big Lebowski originality. Uh, Nicholas, is it original to you? That's tough. 
because is it? I think it is. is it, I think it is, man. I feel like this is actually pretty easy for me, at least. Even though I hate this category, what's yours? I'm then? bad at it. It's a. I think it's a six, or maybe even a seven. It's a six. I feel like. I put it as a six. Hmm. I feel My like difficulty a, was: is it a seven? Yes. Is this a seven originality? <laughs> There's Why? someone here that would say that. I think it needs to be made. Yeah. But mostly because it's a Coen Brothers movie, and I think all of pretty much all of Coen Brothers movies needed to be made because they're smart and good at movies. Except for Intolerable Cruelty. <laughs> Fuck that movie. Okay, forever. not the point. Yeah. Not the point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I you gotta it, digress, okay. It, I guess for me, like so. It, like a of course it's a coen brothers movie it needs to be made it's an iconic coen brothers movie and it's completely their brainchild it's not based on anything else but here's why this is like a seven to me and we've talked about this concept so much on our podcast this movie is essentially the hero's journey but instead of it being just like a regular hero's journey it's the hero's journey where the hero doesn't want to be involved like it's a reluctant hero. He has he he wants no fucking part of this except for to just like drink white Russian, smoke some weed, and bowl with his friends. He could not care, but he, but instead he gets pulled into this fucking wild conspiracy, and he goes all around it, and it's brilliant. Like it's it's hard to even describe how smart this movie is, in how stupid it is. You know what I mean? Like. It's so cleverly stupid. I think Layla was saying earlier that she like the the comedy writing is so like brilliant. Like it, it even smart. if it doesn't work, yeah. it's really smart and really well thought out. But like there's like these concepts that they so people really love deconstructing this movie. I don't really think there's a lot deeper there, but I do think you can deconstruct some of it. But I love yeah. like Nick, you brought it up in eye candy, they like they really are adamantly letting you know that this is during the Gulf War and they keep making like references to it. Oh and the God, references yeah. are like fucking funny and, and clever. I love all the stuff about nihilism when he like, th- she's like, no, they're not uh, that they're nihilist. He's like, Oh, sounds exhausting. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love the, I mean the way that they do the nom PTSD and like how Walter keeps bringing everything back to nom. Like I think, you know, as I said with the nice guys, if that has really good character writing, this is just like so many unique characters that are iconic because of it. Um, there's, I think the ultimate breakdown that people do when they're deciphering this movie is that this movie is really, really, really about the wealth divide during that time and the scorn that rich people had for poor people. So there's like a lot of scenes of that. There's like, uh, get a job, sir. He's like, are you employed? And then later they're talking about um, it's some oh, it's the Mal, it's the cop. It's like your favorite scene, Nick, where he's like with the cop in Malibu, and he and he's like, "Stay the fuck out of my beach town." Stay the fuck out of my beach town. I just it's it's every part. There's no movie like this. I know that we're like the whole concept of our podcast is let's compare two movies that are similar. I don't think there's a single movie that is at. But this also level. like this, like in in some ways 
started a, it like uh, what was the word I'm looking for? It inspired a lot of movies later mm. on, right? Like this is the mm-hmm. this yes. is the beginning of that. So, and honestly, as I'm as I'm listening to you talk, I don't even know what my argument would have been to not give it a seven as opposed to a six. So I'm just gonna go with a seven because like I yeah, me too. I think I wanted to just give it a six because I like have certain issues with it, but that doesn't mean it's not incredibly original and it is very original. Yeah, there really so. isn't another movie like it until yeah. after it. <laughs> Exactly. Which is a good segue into the next Unless category. Unless someone listening, movie. if you do oh, no. know of a movie that's comparable before, please let us know. But I can't think of anything. I mean, Yeah, like, but like you're yeah. right, Gabe. Like a gumshoe movie where the gumshoe is a fucking stoner dipshit who doesn't want to be part of the the conspiracy. Who just like falls it's, into all of these like situations, right? Like he doesn't like, even like... Yeah. I mean like books, there's definitely... Like, I think probably Inherent Vice follows falls into this, and I think that mm. book was probably written before 95, but I don't actually know that. No, Thomas Pynchon is like a later writer, I think. Is he? He's like more modern, I think. Um, maybe 95, maybe that would make sense. Yeah, I don't know. It's like, I, it, I really like, the more I think about how, in the whole monologue at the beginning, like Sam Elliott's narration. Oh, no, never mind. Never fucking mind. It was newer. written in 2009. Yeah, yeah. It's It was made like um, like a few years before um, the movie. But, um, I mean, even Sam Elliott's like monologue at the beginning, he's like letting you know. He's like, this guy's a hero, but like mm-hmm. not a hero you've ever heard of and like couldn't so be bothered hours. about being a hero. And like ultimately, it's like this movie is so like wise and like calm. Like the the dude abides. I don't know about you, but I'll take comfort in that. <laughs> um, I mean, was this the first good. stoner comedy? Uh, no, no. The, I think Cheech and Chong had already mm. done a couple. Mm. Um, I think there are like there are more like stoner comedy. Was I think this, this is like one smart of the best. stoner comedy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like this and and. Brad Pitt's character in True Romance were like the two biggest inspirations <laughs> for um, Pineapple Express. Yeah, like, yeah they legitimately sure. said they based all off of Absolutely. Floyd, but also yeah. this. Yeah, yeah. Um, that is actually kind of a similar movie. Um, let's finish it off, Nick, as you alluded to. Let's talk about the legacy. The lasting seven. legacy. That's interesting. Of this movie is a seven. It's a seven. I don't know. No, it's a what seven. Do you mean you Stop don't it! Know. Stop it! Don't even. Dude, Don't the try dude to get abides. controversial with this. It's a seven, and you know it. I just you. It's it's really your points earlier about spectacularity, like how. This but that movie doesn't, doesn't matter in this category, and I can tell you why. Because okay. even those people that have either never seen this or have only seen it once still know of this movie. The name itself rings true for every single human being. I promise you that. You can say The Big Lebowski to literally anyone and they know yeah. that it is a famous movie. <laughs> like, yeah. it, it just by, yeah. it has like name credit. I don't even know how it does, but it does. Think about all like, the college dorms, dude. Oh, oh my God. Also, you this... know what's crazy? When it popped up on, net, it's been on Netflix for a really long yeah. time, but when it popped up on Netflix, it was on like po- the popular list for so long. And I was yeah. like, wow, pe- other people like Big Lebowski? Let's fucking go. Yeah. And I think, as you said, it's a cult classic, right? Yeah. So it's like, it's not, it's not going anywhere either. I think people are going to like always adore this movie for a lot of the reasons yes. that we talked about in this episode. But aside from that, I am always blown away by like people that I know that don't really follow film or no film or classic films that still definitely know the name of this movie. Okay. Like if you're playing a game and it comes up yeah. in trivia or something, they definitely know what the Big Lebowski is, even if they've well, only the seen it once or never seen it. Like, and 
I'm I'm sure that you could quote this movie through and through, Gabe. Like there are so many people. Oh yeah. I used to have like this huge poster in my room that was like the best like movie quotes of all time, and I think at least five of them on that poster were the Big Lebowski. Like it's incredibly quotable. I think the people that love it rewatch it and adore it. I think it it ages well for some people. Like Nick saw it and it it grew on him as he got older because he maybe realized some of the comedy that he didn't realize when he was younger. Yeah, it's a seven. Cool. It's a seven. I think that's my biggest point, too, is, like, not only does it make, like, someone like Nick, um, uh, like, one of those type of people. Why did you say uh, that? I know, you said it with so much disdain. Not only make, <laughs> so much like, fucking disdain on my voice. Not only does it make someone like Nick um, <laughs> uh, like it more, like, each time, I guarantee if you watch it again, you'll like it even more. Like, I have liked it Don't more and more over Don't go time. that far, but... <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you're right. I, it's also, it's really highly rated on every, like, movie app that you could go on. And uh, it's a personal top 30 for me. And it's also my number two favorite Coen Brothers movie, if you fucking cared. Um uh i i really love it and it is gonna exist forever so i agree with you guys it's a seven i just wanted to be i didn't want to almost give it a perfect score and now i'm one point off you're allowed to give things perfect scores i mean it's almost a perfect movie for me i think it's nice guys is a four okay legacy or three for me i don't think people care about this movie they maybe should a little bit but i just don't think people care dude i gave it a five okay Okay. Only because of Ryan. Ooh. Oh, okay. I, I, I gave it that. a five only because of what this did for Ryan's career and the potential it gave his career and the fact that we all understand that he has like comedy timing and comedy gold. And I'm going to stick with the five because of that, because it really was huge for him. I know that like even at the time Gabe and I talked about this, I remember when we have talked about it since then, like how important this was for him as what um as a comedic actor so i just i do think that the legacy alone is just ryan and his performance in this movie i don't think the movie itself holds a really high legacy i don't think people talk about it anymore as a movie i don't think people really care about it as a movie i think like people also confuse it with the other guys as well Mm -hmm. like i think it just gets really confused with other buddy cop kind of movies but i'm sticking with a five because of ryan I literally just did that in the last category. That was mostly like mm-hmm. a word mix up, but I agree. I mean, but I mean, that's a thing. I word of course up. agree with you, Layla. It's like, it helped Layla and I have been painstakingly making a list of our favorite 21st century actors or like the best. And when we were talking about Ryan Gosling, like we were really getting into his versatility and this, this and the big short, like really show and cra- uh, crazy, stupid love really show you like how fucking funny he can be. But this one was like, Oh wow, he's actually maybe one of the best comedic actors out there. Mm-hmm. And I not totally just that he can that. do it, but that he like should. <laughs> like I, totally, I want to see him do it. I get that, but like again, this movie has <laughs> Ryan Gosling and Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe, who at one point was like the most famous actor in the '90s and like, or like early 2000s, he was just nonstop in great movies. This had both of them. I would say most people don't fucking at nine. I can use my 90% again. Uh, most people do not know this movie. Uh, it came and went, it made like 12 million more than its budget, which is that, and not good with Ryan Gosling and Russell Crowe. Um, it, I, the one thing is that it is kind of a cult 
comedy hit. It has become really. If you go on like Reddit, this is like a really yeah. popular Reddit movie. Yeah. Um, and it has grown on me over time. Weird. First time I saw it again, I saw it with Nick and and our buddy Jimmy and some other people, and like I legitimately was like, I didn't get it. I was actually pissed off afterwards. I was like, that wasn't fucking funny. Didn't work. Watched it a second time, and I was like, holy fuck, Ryan Gosling's the funniest person that's ever existed. So it has grown personally, but I have to go below average because this movie is just not going to survive legacy-wise. It won't be thought about. So you gave it, wait, what did you give it? A I three. don't believe. A three? Out of seven. I have faith. Yeah. Doki Doki. That's fine. I mean, but okay. personally, it's 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 definitely going to build over time. So, what are these final scores, Nick? Um, well, you're gonna have to give me a second, Gabe. Okay. Well, I can talk us. about some other things. Um, yeah, you have recommendations, you recommend? Gabe. I have a ton of recommendations. So, give one, all the recommendations. One that Nick mentioned, uh, and that we were gonna do originally. I I do think people should see Inherent Vice. That one also may not work the first time, but it it is so much better when you rewatch it. It's really clever. Paul Thomas Anderson movie starring Joaquin Phoenix. It's incredible. What's up? What's your favorite Coen Brothers film? You said this is your second. What's your first? So if so, it's weird. If I'm actually <laughs> ranking the so if I'm ranking my favorite movies, there's a different one that's above this. But if I'm ranking what I think are the best Coen Brother movies, it's different. So best Coen Brother movies, I go No Country for Old Men, Big Lebowski. And then I can't remember what the next one is. It's like Inside Lewin Davis, maybe. But if I go on my favorite Inside Coen Brother Lewin movies, Davis. Burn After Reading is my favorite by them. And everyone's okay. going to be like, what the fuck are you talking about? But that movie is, is no, so... No, that makes sense. I love it. Well, I was kind of curious if it was reading. your number one for the other category. but Because I like know how much you love that movie. I, Big Lebowski and in terms of their comedies, Big Lebowski and Burn After Reading are like tied yeah, but the other ones that I actually really want to recommend to people here that a lot of people haven't seen, I think a serious man is fucking amazing. I fucking <laughs> love that movie a lot. Um, we didn't even talk about the Jewish stuff in The Big Lebowski with Walter. Where he's like, it's Shabbos, dude. It's Shabbos. Oh my god, that was like, the I understand. best running joke for sure. <laughs> it was great. Um, Again, burn after reading. If you've never seen that, that movie is so fucking funny. From Just Moses to Kofax, you... of course I'm living in the past, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so such good. a funny line. That's great. And then the last one, actually, by them, um, as I said, Inside Lewin Davis. I I actually think Inside Lewin Davis is like an extremely smart movie about grief, um, but it's also so fucking funny and and just one of their weirder ones. So. Um, just go and Definitely watch Coen Brothers weird. movies. They're genius. Um, what's your, what's your favorite, Layla? I mean, No Country for Old Men is, is, okay. is, is their best movie. <laughs> I, I, you strike me as like an "Oh Brother, Where Art Thou?" person. Well. <laughs> Weirdly, I kind of am. <laughs> like, I definitely no, love that unweirdly, movie. Unweirdly, you kind of am. Yeah. I don't know. I think Nick, it is weird for favorite? me specifically. But go ahead. It's either Burn After Reading or No Country with Old Men. That'd be really tough to no country with right. old men <laughs> no country with old men Featuring you know what's funny men. is like there are a lot of people that would say fargo fargo's kind of it's so iconic but it's just like i it's not a rewatchable no. one for me but no I, the country show featuring I old men is a fantastic like album title that's great and maybe the band could be the royal we which is an amazing Ooh, band I, name. I love when they say that yeah if there is not mm-hmm. 
a band called the Royal We, then we are living. In I guarantee you, the there are at least six bands out there that have been named after a, a quote in Big Lebowski. Oh, absolutely! And if either. five of those six aren't the Royal We, then then all the bands are fucking up, man. What are the scores? The score. <laughs> what? Yeah, ninety-eight. What are the scores? Ninety-eight out of one hundred five. Yes, for uh, nice guy. I'm just kidding. Big Lebowski. <laughs> And uh, 69. Oh, that's so fucking tight. Nice. Point five. What a great guys. score for the nice guys. Nice. For the nice guys. guys. Nice. Um, guys. Nice. Guys. Nice. How did I not think of that? Yeah, because I did. Um, yeah. Yep, that's I, it. Also, Thanks the fact listening. that you guys, like, Bye. I was kind of concerned. <laughs> like, when, when I was listening to you guys talking about the Big Lebowski, I'm actually kind of shocked it ended up with a 98. But there are certain categories you just cannot not give it yeah, a Yeah, you score. just can't. Um, I just can't. I mean, man, I don't even dude. think we were ever like harsh with it. Even no. my spectacularity was like a five. Like yeah. I wasn't ever like. You pummeled it. It could have gotten a hundred. Yeah. You you ruined it. It was all my it. fault. Uh, no, no, great score um, for the Big Lebowski. That's our winner. <sighs> I'm not going to insert that noise. I don't want to find it. And I edit these episodes, or our intern does. Jeremy, get back in the closet. <laughs> um, <laughs> You Jeremy. guys, Don't speaking of Jeremy, Jeremy, speaking of Jeremy, he works so hard on our social media. Go follow us on Instagram. Uh, look up Facing Off Podcast. Uh, we got so many new followers lately. Jump on board. Get in on all the fun. We do polls and stuff. We're polls, like the three characters in this movie who are all polls. Um, I'm also Polish. Uh, yeah, that one bombed. Um, Twitter, you could also find us, Facing Off Pod. We also do polls on that. Uh, not going to make the same joke. All the polls, apparently. Else. Uh, and if you wanted to send us emails, like letting us know what type of movies you want to do, or if you were really, really fucking pissed off that Layla gave a five for spectacularity. Attack. Um, do it. You Come can at me. send us an email at facingoffpodcast <laughs> at gmail.com. Um, next week, we do not have an episode. Boo. But you could catch up. On our 92 other episodes, and you're gonna <laughs> fucking enjoy it so much. Um, let me know. Let us all know what you think about. It. Go find us on Instagram and let us know. Uh, and the week after that, we gotta find one for y'all. Anyone have a send off? This is what happens when you find a stranger in the Alps. Mr. Treehorn treats objects like women, man. <laughs> Wait, Nick, what was go. yours? <laughs> This is what happens when you find a stranger in the Alps is the censored version of this is what happens when you fuck a stranger in the ass. <laughs> <laughs>